0: Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
1: Yeah, man, hour number two, taking you right up to noon, where D'Lo and KC will take over. Having a good time talking Thanksgiving food. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and you know, uh, Miss Mac brings up Coach Brown is red wine, and all the the assistants, uh, all assistants, all other alcohol. Um, I think Mike Brown is a red wine because, uh, I need wine at Thanksgiving because on more than one occasion, Kyle, it's just overwhelming and I don't want to be there anymore mm-hmm. because there are people that you only see once or twice a year and you're like, okay, I've had enough. I've had enough of yep. this person or that person and I need to escape into a bottle of wine. That's excellent. And so, yeah, I, I think it is, it's kind of the, the thing that, you know, it has to be there. It has to It it has to
1: be there. I'll go mimosa in the morning and then I'll sip on Like I will nurse a, a like dark heavy beer through the early afternoon. And then once dinner starts, I'll go to wine. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean,
2: I'll start with a, you know, you got to keep it light. You got to do a Pinot Noir you got to do a Chardonnay to go with your, your Turkey. Something nice and
1: light. Um, it's just my folks and my in-laws and my grandma coming over this year, so I get to avoid the like family members that I need to drink to be around. I don't have many of them. Oh, I got a few, but I, I, I've I've gotten very lucky. Like the nightmare family stories, I don't have any of them. Oh, I like my family.
2: Oh no, I I've got some. So,
1: but yeah. every once in a while, it's like you know what, I'm gonna need a few drinks to be comfortable here.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I want to remind everybody, speaking of Thanksgiving, that you can listen to Thanksgiving football right here on ESPN 1320. Washington at Dallas coverage for that one begins at 1 o'clock. And then we've got Black Friday college football at 8.30 a.m. That's when coverage begins. So if you are out and about doing some shopping, running some errands, whatever you're doing on Black Friday, tap into ESPN 1320. We've got TCU at Oklahoma on Friday morning. And then Saturday, your Sacramento State Hornets are in the FCS playoffs beginning at 9.30 a.m. on Saturday. Sac State is at North Dakota in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Going to be freezing, 36 degrees at kickoff for that one. Boy, that sounds unfortunate. Go Hornets. Stingers up, baby. No. <laughs> no, Kyle. <laughs> Your deep attachment to UC Davis not going to let you. Um, let's get into some some keys for the Kings game. On uh tonight. I was gonna say on Friday, but it's tonight's game. Um what what do you got? I know we talked about this one a little bit earlier, but and you gotta slow Zion down, man. That's just you can't
2: yeah, you gotta (laughs) force him to go right.
1: Like, hey, are you gonna beat me? Beat me going
2: right. Like, how is that gonna happen? Like, I I don't think he can. You know, you didn't make it hard on him. You didn't force him to shoot jump shots. Keep him keep him away from the basket. You know, zone up if you have to, do whatever it is you have to do keep him away from the basket and, and don't let him go to the the left-hand side. Yeah. Like there are certain players that that there's no way to stop them when they go left because, you know, they have a jump hook or whatever and mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, they're really high-quality scorers. But Zion's not doing that. He's just hitting you with, like, power layups mm-hmm. to the left. So yeah. figure out a way to stop that. He's a freight train and he's spectacular. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's pretty simple. Like make him be a three-point shooter. Yeah. Make him do something yeah, different. off a little bit. Yeah, make him do something different and just dare him to beat you in different ways as opposed to just doing the same thing you do every time. You know, like, I, I want to see the Kings, like, have three guys standing in the middle of the key locking arms.
1: Like, <laughs> here he comes. Everybody shift <laughs> right, right, shift right, shift right. <laughs> shift right. There's, just, there's charge on... Cut them off. All of them. 3,000 once. Yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, that
1: would be my first key. Um, okay. I think also going at him defensively. I know he's not like a bad defender, but trying to maybe get him in some kind of foul trouble.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's always a possibility. Yeah. Um, but, like, you don't even remember him really as a defender in this game. Yeah, right. So, um, I think my, my second key is uh, is hit your three-point shots.
1: Yeah, 11 of 45 is not going to do it.
2: No, no. <laughs> I mean, this team has to, you know, they have to be up around 35, 40%, uh, 38 you know, like sit right around there and mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, you need Kevin Herter to come up big, especially with Keegan Murray out. You need Harrison Barnes to step up. Mm-hmm. You need Sasha Vazenkov to hit some shots to space mm-hmm. the floor. Uh, all of these things matter. And, you know, the Kings really, I mean, Malik Monk, you can't have De'Aaron Fox fall in love with the three
1: and go two for 12 again. That's yeah. just not okay. Yeah. I, I. This is, you mentioned Harrison Barnes. This is the kind of game where if Keegan Murray is out, it's like okay, now Harrison Barnes moves up a rung in the in the pecking Offensive order. touches pecking order. Thank you. Yeah, and he needs to take advantage of those. Like if he's got if Brandon Ingram's guarding him, like he can push Brandon Ingram around a little bit. No, I take, think him, so. to yeah, take got, him to
2: the rack. Yeah, take him to the rack. you know for that matter, take
1: Zion to the rack. Yeah, go,
2: go get him in foul trouble. Yeah, like that's that's the way you can beat him. And then if they want to clog the lane with Valanciunas okay domos needs to sit at 16 foot mark and just hit those shots yep he does or yep. or go out and start hitting the threes like he has all season long like space floor a little bit too if you're domos
1: my key to the game is Harrison Barnes going over 13 and a half points oh it's one of my keys okay gotta go gotta go over that mark yeah I think the opportunities are gonna be there
2: he had 16 last game right yeah um okay. yeah I thought he was pretty solid Mm-hmm. Uh, I even took him in my, my price picks and he, he was, uh, I think the one person that oh, big winner. nice covered, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what else do we got? Uh, my third key, don't let go of the rope. Yeah. Like this is a tough stretch for the Kings. Uh, they're in game five of six game road trip and this team took you to the woodshed on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let that be who you are where a team like Houston, that's it twice that's it where a team like golden state gets you twice in the first week of the season mm-hmm. and you know like the golden state thing they were much closer to golden state than they were to houston and that doesn't make any sense like this is a team that's at 500 if you want to be a team that's at the top of the western conference standings right now the kings are fifth if you want to be that team you want to talk about it then you got to go out there and beat teams like this yeah and you need to make adjustments, and I know you're banged up, but so are they. Like, C.J. McCollum's not playing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really, really good player that makes him much better because of yeah. his ability to space the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, go out there and beat him. Like, stop making excuses. Uh, you know, I haven't yeah. heard a lot of excuses, but stop saying, we just got out-coached. We got out-played. We got out-played. Yeah.
1: We got out, uh, you know, they beat us up. Like, it's, it's, that, that can be who you are. It becomes a little bit of a concerning trend if they go get housed again tonight because that's what happened in Houston, and if all of a sudden it's like, hey, every time the Kings go on the road for more than a couple of games, or if they get beat by a team once, then they're just going to get beat again. Like, that's not good signs. No, no, especially no. Especially with a game in Minnesota coming up on the last game of the trip. That's going to be a really tough game. You, got, I, you, you have to go get this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if we told you at the beginning of a six-game road trip that the Kings could go, that they would split, you'd be like, Eh, okay, mm-hmm. that's that's not great because what was it? Lakers, Spurs, uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was your first three, yeah. and then Pelicans, Pelicans, T Wolves. I mean, realistically, if you said, "Hey, you're going to go 500 on the trip," I think a lot of people would be like, "Okay, that's yeah. that's not horrible." Like yeah. we we would take that, mm-hmm. but if you go three and zero to start and you come back 500 on the trip. That's tough. Now we're talking about a different thing. And also that sets you up to on Tuesday, if you want to play in the in season tournament, you have to beat you have, without any question. You would have to beat golden
1: state on mm-hmm. Tuesday. If not, you're not getting in most likely. The good news is, is I think they're going to boat race golden state. Oh, okay. That's good. But we can, we can talk about that on, on Monday and Tuesday. I guess Tuesday is when that game is. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the biggest thing for me is like, you can't go into this game and whatever it was, maybe whatever it was that ailed them against the Rockets that caused them to lose worse in the second game than they did in the first one that can't happen. And maybe having De'Aaron Fox there, because that's the thing is I, I I think Fox is the kind of player who's just not going to let that happen. Well, I don't think he's going to have a, another awful game like he did. And I think you're going to come out. I'm um, if, if you, if, you bet or whatever and you can get De'Aaron Fox over on his whatever his first quarter point total is, I'm taking that. Mm. I think he's gonna come out fast. I think he's gonna set a tone. Okay. And that's that's gonna be if they go down early, like that's where you start to see them let like go of the rope a little bit, I think. So gotta start, gotta start fast. That's my key. Okay. All right. Um, we got mad props coming up next. Kings game, 49ers game, stats from each, which one will be higher? James and I are gonna run through that. I would love to see you participate at youtube.com slash ESPN thirteen twenty. And uh, we will be back in just a moment with some Mad Props. Here we go.
0: Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Mattson. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
1: Yeah, it is. Let's do some Mad Props, man. We're going to take the Kings game. I'm in. Tonight. So, Kings play tonight and... Friday. So we're going to take the Kings game tonight. And then of course the uh, 49ers game in Seattle on Thursday, huge game for the 49ers. Um, So the way this works, if you're unfamiliar with mad props is I make up two stats and James and I pick which one of those will be higher between the Kings game and the 49ers game. So our first one this week, just if you're, if you're not familiar and that explanation didn't make sense, here's an example in our first one. 49ers Seahawks total points. So the total points scored in the 49ers and Seahawks game, or De'Aaron Fox points and assists tonight?
2: Oh, I'm taking Niners Seattle total points. Okay. I got this 31
1: 21. Ooh, that's a lot. Of, that's, man, 52. That's really high. I think it's going to be lower scoring. I think it's going to be something like 24. You can pick yeah, I was looking, I was just digging around on the internet the other day. If you want to bet the 49ers and Seahawks game to end at exactly 24 to 19 49ers, you can get it at plus 30,000. What? Yeah. For like $3, please. Yeah, it's like 10 bucks and you win 3 grand if 24 to 19 hits. So that's the range that I think it's going to be in that 43 44 for the total. I think De'Aaron's going to have a huge night tonight. I think you're going to see him at 35, 36 points. I think he goes seven, eight assists. I think it's going to be really close, but I'm going to take De'Aaron. I think this is going to be a mm. double birds, De'Aaron Fox MVP level game. Okay. The The Sacramento Kings need that.
2: I know. And they I think ne- they're going to they need it. to roast this team like yep. they got roasted the other night.
1: I agree. And I, I think De'Aaron knows that. And I think he's going to have a big game because of it. So I'm going to take De'Aaron Fox points and assists. More than the 49ers and Seahawks total. Uh, Moving on, Christian McCaffrey touches. So this is receptions and carries. Or Damana Sabonis points plus assists. Well,
2: I'm taking Sabonis. Okay. Sabonis did not have a good game. He finished with 18. Yeah. That was not a good game at all combined. 10 points, 8 assists, right? Yeah. I've got him at... I'm going to say... 22 and nine.
1: So I had 19 and nine where my, where my, which is 28. I think the Niners are going to lean heavy on McCaffrey, but here's my, here's why I'm picking Domas because if I think the Niners lean on McCaffrey, but I think about 28 is maybe like the max that they're looking at for touches for him. Okay. Whereas 28 for Domas is like not minimum, but if he had 25 points it wouldn't shock me
2: okay i know like Valentunas plays him tough he he's one of the big strong guys ground based guy mm-hmm. um but he's also really tall mm-hmm. so and these two know each other so well because they played together yeah. on the lithuanian national team forever mm-hmm. so like they're friends they they know each other they know each other's game they practice against each other mm. i just think you're going to see we've seen those moments where um like, like Sabonis just plays at a different level mm. where all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, I'm taking over. I'm going to be physical. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. That's where I kind of think we're going to start seeing Sabonis tonight. Okay. At least I would hope because that's what you need on uh, again again to avoid uh, having the Houston Rockets situation all over again.
1: There's definitely a chance that I'm just going to whiff big time on this one, but whatever. Uh, Jawan Jennings receiving yards or Trey Lyle's minutes? Oh, That's tough. So it depends. So here's where I said I had Trey Lyles in my brain in the like 18 to 20 minute range. Yeah. And Jawan Jennings over under on receiving yards, typically in the 15 and a half range. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's what I was thinking. Like Jennings can have a game where he has a couple of extra catches. Right. And it's different. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I'm going to go. Oh, man.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go Trey Lyles. Yeah, I'm there too. Because if he goes for 23 minutes, it wouldn't surprise me. If Jawan Jennings has 23 yards, I'd definitely be a little bit surprised.
2: I would be surprised if it's 23 because I don't know that that Mike Brown has clearance for 23 minutes for mm. Trey Lyles. But now, okay. like the minutes, like I haven't heard this, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is on a minutes restriction. He's from practicing hard for a couple of weeks
1: yeah i mean
2: they they we saw maybe it was three weeks ago but it was on the half court and then this last time everyone saw him it was in a full court setting where they're making him run up and down and Mm -hmm. and do the the same type type of workout but you know on a full court setting
1: those game movements are just a little bit different though yeah so so it wouldn't surprise me if they're like give him 15 to 18 tonight and we'll see how he responds yeah before cranking those up okay 49ers sacks so sacks by the 49ers defense or harrison barnes assists
2: oh i'm going Niners sacks
1: yeah i think i um hmm i am too because i think you're gonna see more of a score harrison barnes yeah i think so too yeah i, I would be surprised think it's be like three to two kind of yeah thing.
2: two yeah yeah i think the niners will have four to five sacks
1: oh I, I
2: don't think that the uh that harrison barnes will be at that assist wise
1: okay Debo Samuel touches, again, we're going to touches, so receptions and rushes. Yep. Or Malik Monk three-point attempts. Mmm. Man, these are tough. I know, man. These are tough. I make them up and I don't have good answers. Wow. I'm stumping uh, myself. Do you know how hard that is? Yeah, I'm going to go Debo. Mmm, okay. Debo. I think I'm going to go Monk three-point attempts. Ooh. I think you're looking at maybe four catches for Debo and like two rushing yard or two rushes. Okay. That's six. But he also kills the Seahawks. So maybe they crank the carries up a little bit. Whereas Malik, like seven, eight threes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with Malik three point attempts. And then last one, Seahawks punts. So punts by the Seahawks or Davion Mitchell points. Oof. I'm going Davion
2: Mitchell points.
1: You think you're going to get a decent game out of Davion? I think seven. I don't seven. think. seven. Oh, yeah. No, they're not going to punt that many times. No. I'm going to go Seattle. I think Seattle probably punts five times, and I think you're looking at like f- three or four points from Davion. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm rocking with. Partly to for the bit so we pick different ones. Okay. So we're different on the first one. Niners, Seahawks total with Fox points and assists. You have Niners. I have Fox. Um, And then the last two. So Debo touches or Malik three point attempts. You have Debo touches. I have Malik threes. And uh, I have Seahawks punts. You have Davion Mitchell points for the last one. Okay. Mixing it up. Awesome. Yeah, man. I love doing this bit. And it just gives me something to do at the end of the night where I just go dig into the box scores and Try to find a, find yeah. something. I haven't had any bang on the number yet. I've had that a few times at, at my old station when we would do this. I thought we had one in week one. No. No. I've not hit the exact number yet. We thought that there would be one. Yes. Yeah, 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 I picked one in week one. Um, You, last week, correctly predicted the total in the Kings-Spurs game. Oh, that's right. What was it 249? Yeah, 249. Yeah, yeah. That was spot on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna. And go. You picked the impressive part about that is you picked that without knowing what the over under was. Oh yeah, yeah. You said that number, then the total was two forty eight Mm. Really impressive. Okay. Vegas is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, but like there was a point where I would you know like look at those things a couple of times here and there, like when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I kind of have an idea of what the point line might be mm-hmm. and a, like teams average and stuff. But like the numbers in my head, I, yeah. I, I got a lot of the numbers in my head.
1: When do the Kings play the Pacers? Speaking of point totals, that's
2: a good question. When do they play the? That's Pacers? That's one of
1: those. That's one of the. So there's a couple games I've circled this year because with my schedule, with how it is, it's really hard for me to go with where I live and then my schedule. It's really hard for me to go to Kings weekday games because mm-hmm. I wake up so early, get out of the arena so late. It's like I'm not getting home till midnight, and then I'm up at three thirty. That's tough for your boy. So I've I've circled a couple of weekday games later in the year. January eighteenth. What day is that? That's it's a, a Tuesday. Thursday. Thursday. Because then they play the Spurs the 25th at home.
2: Um, yes. No. Yeah. January 25th is at Golden State. That's the start of another six Oh, when game. do they play the Spurs? That's a seven game road 17th?
1: Trip. They play the Spurs in January,
2: I believe. They do. Um, no. They don't? No. When do they play the Spurs at home? Um, February 22nd. Oh, February 22nd. And that's a Thursday. Oh. Oh, and then they got them on March 7th at home. And that, again, is a Thursday. Jeez. Boy, they, I'm going to have to take a Friday off. These Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to see Wemby once. Yeah. Well, I guess you could just stay. You, like, you'll have to stay. Yeah, you just crash. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's crash at Dame's house. That's for easy. For <laughs> just
1: going to invite myself on there. Yeah, yeah. The, You can sleep on the, guest the room. big
2: white pool table. Yeah,
1: there we go. <laughs> um, throw a sheet on it. <laughs> um, all right. KJ Wright, former Seahawks linebacker, former Raiders linebacker. He is going to join us next to break down this 49er Seahawks matchup on Thursday night in Seattle Uh KJ's doing a ton of work in media, he's doing a podcast he's doing radio uh, really smart football mind and he played against Kyle Shanahan offenses, mm-hmm. he's played in Seattle for Seattle, for Pete Carroll uh, really really interesting guy to talk to about this really looking forward to this conversation that's coming up next, don't go anywhere we're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 <laughs>
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
1: Wednesday before Thanksgiving, talked plenty of Sacramento Kings today, but now let's look ahead to the Thursday night nightcap. 49ers, Seahawks, and we're going to do that with uh, former Seahawks linebacker, former Raiders linebacker, uh, K.J. Wright. He is a Super Bowl champion. You can uh, hear his podcast, K.J. All Day. You can listen and watch that on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your pods. You can also hear him on Seattle's ESPN 710 AM, the K.J. Wright Show. He's on Instagram, K.J. underscore Wright 34. That's also where he's at on Twitter. K.J., thank you so much for hopping on with uh, with me and James today. How are you doing?
3: Fellas, doing well back at home with the family thank you guys for having me
1: yeah of course uh man really looking forward to this game uh tomorrow night brock purdy and the 49ers heading up to seattle where uh i mean you and the 49ers have had had so many great battles there over the <laughs> years uh i, I want to talk about brock purdy first though what what are your thoughts of of him as a quarterback as somebody um you know who who played the game and knows ball um but is not necessarily in the in the sphere of, of the San Francisco 49ers. What are your thoughts on Brock Purdy?
3: I'm a big fan of Brock Purdy, and what his best trait that he has is that he's simply a winner. The guy's 13-4 and four as a starter, and I know facing this Kyle Shanahan-type offense, he comes to the line of scrimmage with two or three plays in his headset, and he's the guy responsible. So when he gets to the line of scrimmage, sees what the defense is in, he has to put all 11 guys on the same page to make sure they have the best play call make sure they execute when um, they're down and distance. And so for him to come on the, on the scene, seventh-round pick, um, you know, back against the wall, earn himself a starting spot, um, I love Bark Purdy. And he utilizes his talent so well. You got Christian McCaffrey does his thing. You got the weapons on the outside. But he protects the football. He's also a guy that can be explosive down the football field. We saw what he did last week, just getting the ball down to George Kittle, getting it to IU deep. And so he's super talented. And um, all this stuff, that he's a game manager, Mr. Irrelevant. It's time to put that noise to rest. A guy can simply play some big-time football.
2: You know, when you're watching him play, KJ, um, you, it is those those intermer, intermediary, boy, I can't say yeah. that word today, and the, the deep passes <laughs> that, that he's really living in. It's not just a bunch yeah. of, like, dink and yeah. dunk, dunk stuff. How would you, if you were uh, asked by Pete Car- uh, Carroll, uh, I, you know, How would you slow him down? How would you slow down this offense? Where would you go? Because it really is a high-powered, crazy offense. I mean, he's on pace
3: for Mm -hmm. 4,500 yards. So anytime you face a Kyle Shanahan offense, the most success that I had is when you have got to, I promise you, have got to throw this man some curveballs. If you come out there and you line up and you're over cover three, like they saw on film, like they practiced all week, this this play caller will pick you apart. You got to bring some fire zones on first and second down. You got to go cover two on a first and 10 when it could potentially be a run. But if they pass it, he's going to be shocked when he sees two high safeties and linebackers um, playing underneath. And so you got to switch it up. You can't just line up in the same old stuff that they see on film. It's really a chess match that you are playing with the Kyle Shanahan type of offense. And so if it's Brock Purdy, I'm trying to get him in a third and seven, third and eight, make everything look the same on defense but well, we're going to do different stuff out of this look that we're bringing on the table. And so um, first and second down is where you got to earn your money. If you're a defensive coordinator to Clint Hurt of the Seattle Seahawks, you have got to earn your money on first and second down, earn the right to rush the passer, and find a way for the young quarterback to make some mistakes on third and plus.
1: Talking with former Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker K.J. Wright, what is it about like Kyle Shanahan's offense? Because we always hear... Like, oh, Kyle Shanahan's offense is so difficult to stop. It's so different. Obviously, the Niners have have incredible playmakers, but what is it specifically about what he does as a play designer and play caller that makes life so difficult for a defender?
3: So from, from a linebacker standpoint, what he does so well is that he keeps you so off balance. There's times when I step on the football field and I'm playing an opponent, I can come to the line of scrimmage and I can tell you exactly what play they're running. In my uh, 10- and 11-year career, anytime I played a Kyle Shanahan offense, I could never tell you what the play was just by lining up at the line of scrimmage. And so he keeps you so off balance. The motions, the shifts, the the fake toss, run a boot action off of it. um, He's just a trendsetter when it comes to calling plays. And from a linebacker standpoint, it is a nightmare. I got to play the run. I got to play the power. I got to play the toss. Now I got to play the toss boot. Now I got to play a play action. He's throwing it right behind me. And so he knows who to attack on defense. He's going to find a way to set you up. He's going to do a play maybe in the first quarter and come back in the third quarter off of a similar look or on a completely different play. And so I can never just get a beat on him as a linebacker. And when I say he's the best play caller, hands down he's the best play caller. Man.
2: You know, when we look at this, uh, this Seattle offense, they've they've had some, you know, they've had some success. It maybe isn't as good as it was last year or doesn't feel that way, uh, but they still have a ton of weapons. Um, how do you think that they're going to attack this Niners defense? And how much do you think that Hufanga's, uh absence is going to be sort of the soft spot that they really look to exploit early on?
3: I mean, you've been really nice with our offense. You, I thank you for being so friendly, but uh, let's be honest. <laughs> Jason Myers, our kicker, has scored more points than our offense um, these last two games. Last two games. And I look at our offense, and we, like you said, we have a DK Metcalf. We have a Tyler Lockett. We had a Geno Smith that uh, we extended who coming off of Pro Bowl season. And we have just not quite put it together, in particular in the red zone. We're getting down there. We're making stuff happen. But we'll get in the red zone. We have still yet in week 11, week 12, to find our identity and who we are as a football team. And so um, I'm excited to see if we can get this figured out uh, when we do cross the 25-yard line. Um, we have a young rookie named Jake Bobo, who I'm excited to come and make some plays. We have Zach Charbonnet, the rookie running back, who needs to be our, our red zone threat. And um, obviously with the injury to you guys' safety, that, that will hurt a little bit. But um, with this defensive line, with those linebackers you guys have, in my personal opinion, you guys are the best defense since the Legion of Boom era, obviously that I, that I played in, and so it's going to be hard. It won't be easy because you guys are stingy. Y'all create turnovers, but um, if we get down the red zone and find our identity. Then I truly believe it's going to be a ball game.
1: You know, yeah, I'm 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 glad you bring up the Legion of Boom as we talked with former Seahawks linebacker KJ Wright because Bobby Wagner is still out there playing at a high level. He's back yeah. in Seattle now. What is it about playing alongside him and what what he does on a field that makes him that makes him a future hall of famer?
3: I kid you not. I remember asking Bobby like my third year in the league. I said, Hey, bro, do you think you can keep making like over a hundred tackles each and every year? Because at this point, I didn't reach a hundred tackles ever. I was like, Bro, how do you do it? And do you think you can sustain it? And I and I kid you not, this past uh, game when we played the Rams, he eclipsed a hundred tackles for 12 straight seasons man. and this man is so consistent he works his tail off each and every year um i can't beat him to work when i play with him i try to beat him to work every single day i set my alarm for 3 30 in the morning bobby wagner is in the building and um he stayed healthy he knows how to take care of his body but i kid you not guys the way that he studies his attention to detail the way he practices he doesn't miss practice the guy's always at practice He's always at walkthrough And just, um, you know, my friend for life, and I just have the honor of just having someone to compete side-by-side with. Like, we competed on the field, but it was always, obviously, always love. For him to do it for 12 straight seasons, I mean, Bobby has at least another three more in him. Man,
2: yeah, incredible player. Absolutely incredible what he's been able to do at age 33 still. Uh, KJ, I want to ask you, Tom Brady made some comments uh, yesterday, and I'm not sure where these comments... I wasn't paying attention as to who he was making these comments to... But he talked about how the game has changed so much and how, you know, whether it's coaching or the development of young players, how it really has changed. But the thing that I keyed in on is how the game has uh, they they just don't officiate it the same way as they used to. You know, what's a what's a personal foul? What's not? And he talked about how, you know, guys like Ronnie Law, Rodney Harrison, like these guys that were hitters, like they couldn't play in today's game. And, yeah. you know, they would just get suspended. They would get penalties every single uh, time up and down the, the field. Just in your time of not just mm-hmm. playing, but watching it morph over even like the last 10 years, it really does seem that we've seen such a, a crazy shift. And how difficult is that as someone who, yeah. who played at a high level to watch it shift and get away from, you know, really the, the brand of football it was yeah. before?
3: And think about it, like fans, they they are drawn to this game because of the gladiator mentality, because of the physicality of the sport. Like you are out here, you want to hit guys, you want to smack guys, you want to have that highlight type of play, especially as a defender. And when I saw what happened to Patrick Mahomes and Fletcher Cox the other day, like what are we doing here? He took one step and he shoved them, he pushed them. And that's the 15-yard penalty that allowed the Chiefs to continue their drive. And um, I just look at the rules that they're making. I'm all for player health and safety. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. But they're throwing guys out left and right. They're finding running backs now. You saw they're finding like Josh Jacobs like two weeks in a row for just luring his head yeah. in, in, in the line of scrimmage. What else is he supposed to do? And so I look at the people that's in position to make these decisions. We need more former players in Roger Goodell's ear. We need more former guys in those decisions, um, saying, "Hey, this is what the game needs. This is bad for the game. This is good for the game," and so um, it is really hard to watch, you know, especially they're throwing guys out left and right. And so they need, they do need to get back to what people fell in love with, because right now people aren't enjoying the sport.
1: Yeah, I know. I know they can't, and that's a great answer. And I know they can't necessarily like legislate intent, right? But it feels like the the ejections and the fines and stuff have just gotten really extreme. And and my yeah. issue, my biggest issue with it, because like you like you said, KJ, the player safety is is number one. Mm-hmm. But at the same yeah. time, they're trying to have uh, guys are bigger now. They're faster than they've ever been. And they're trying to have these officials make these like bang, bang calls on the field. To me, if you're going to be ejecting guys and, and affecting guys pockets and fining them. Yeah you need to be able to watch replays and slow it down and check all these angles instead of just doling out these, these flags and ejections and fines.
3: Listen, I met with Goodell this during the draft. I met with him during the draft and we talked, I said, what happened to that year where we went back and reviewed holdings when we reviewed um, if this is the right decision by this referee. And according to, according to him is like, it slowed the game down and it really didn't make a big difference. And, like, obviously, they they went with the call that the referee made majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do believe we need to give that another shot. There's a lot of plays that I'm seeing. Like, the ref, he, he's messing it up. We had a pass interference um, against the Rams against Devin Witherspoon. Puka Nakua literally just fell. He stumbled, and they caught a the pass interference. Nuts. They got a touchdown the next play in the end zone. Man. And so um, you want to get this right because people's livelihood is on the line. Um, there's a lot of money, a lot of playoff implications. The uh, Super Bowl is obviously on the line. And so you want to get it right with these referees, and I think the only way to do that is to review these penalties, especially when it comes to ejecting the guy.
1: Talking with K.J. Wright, former Seahawks linebacker. Uh, last two two quick ones here for you, K.J., before we let you go. I know you're with your family and want to get you back to that. I really appreciate you making time for us. Does Seattle get a win tomorrow night?
3: <laughs> Don't do me like
1: that.
3: <laughs> it's, it's it's going to be challenging. We um we haven't quite put in the, together a complete game, and the teams that we have beat, we beat the Commanders, we beat the the Panthers, we beat the Browns. We didn't have a starting quarterback, but when we played a decent team, um, it's been rough. We we lost to the Rams, obviously. We lost to um we lost to the Bengals. And so we're playing a really, really good football team. If we can, if we can figure out our red zone woes, yes, we will win the game.
1: Got it. All right. Red, red zone is red zone scoring. Key number one from uh, from KJ Right. Okay. And, la- and last thing here, KJ. Um, Thanksgiving tomorrow, you can have one Thanksgiving side at the table. What are you bringing?
3: I'm bringing my midnight snack, which is always my go to. Bring some gumbo. It may sound crazy, but uh, I want me some gumbo around 9 o'clock. After I eat my turkey and dressing. So that's that's my go-to after after I eat my Thanksgiving traditional food. I'm
1: so happy you said gumbo. That sounds incredible. I want gumbo. That sounds incredible. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, but, hey, Mississippi me.
1: hey, KJ, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes today. Uh, go enjoy your time with your family. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
3: All right, gentlemen. Have fun tomorrow.
1: Yep. Thanks, man. Red zone scoring. You heard it. KJ Wright, uh, former Seahawks pro bowler. Uh, Super Bowl champion, and like I said, you can hear his podcast KJ all day. You can watch that on YouTube. Uh, you can listen to it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast You can also hear him on Seattle's ESPN seven ten a.m. with the KJ Wright Show. KJ underscore Wright thirty four on Instagram and Twitter. He's really good. Great guy. Yeah, really great guy. I, I I appreciate and respect. I understand what a former player is like. The team I played for is awesome. I owe them everything. That I have in my life, I'm gonna ride and die with them. And I'm gonna pick them every single week. Okay. I respect a former player who's like, like maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll win. <laughs> I, I I love the objectivity. I don't even think that he was saying
2: maybe they'll win. I, I I'm I was surprised. Like it doesn't sound like he has a lot of faith in what's he, happening right now.
1: He was he was trying to avoid the soundbite going out of him being like they don't have a chance. Yeah, he went. He was like it's gonna be tough. If they figure out their red zone scoring, they'll win.
2: Well, I mean, like, look, this is a Niners in Seattle. And I think that that's the biggest thing. I I think that playing on Thanksgiving Day might actually be a little bit of a blessing. Oh, how come? Because you're going to get, I mean, we're talking about a five o'clock start, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a bunch of people who loaded up on Turkey, loaded, who've been drinking all day, who are watching football. Then they get to the game. I mean, we're talking about a metropolitan mm-hmm. city where, you know, the stadium is right downtown, so a lot of people aren't going to be commuting. They're they're going to mm. hop on a bus. They're going to mm-hmm. you know take an Uber. They're going to take whatever to get to the the stadium. And I think you're going to have a lot of people who are, are a little a little tired, got a little tryptophan going. I would be surprised if the intensity and the noise level is the same as it always is there. Oh, okay. But uh, not to like uh, it, that's a great crowd. It's probably like one of the best crowds in the NFL for noise level and everything else. Yeah. But I think that playing on Thanksgiving Day might actually be advantageous on the road for the 49ers.
1: Hmm. 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 I hadn't thought about that. What would I do? I'm trying to think, as you were talking there, I was trying to think of what I would do if I was going to, if the 49ers and Seahawks were playing at Levi's and I was going to go, what would my Thanksgiving Day look like? Oh, yeah. Cuz I think at that point that's you're horrible. you're punting a traditional dinner and you're just tailgating with Thanksgiving food.
2: Yeah, but I I think that's what makes Santa Clara like such a pain in the behind. Like it's so difficult to get to, it's so difficult to get in and out of the arena. Like that's not Seattle. I I think they yeah. like you can take the metro to the uh, to the stadium in Seattle.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah cuz I, I have I have an hour and a half drive to Santa Clara easy.
2: Yeah, an hour and a half drive, but you gotta be there five hours early.
1: Yeah, so you're probably pulling up at like one, leaving the house at like eleven thirty, pulling up about one. Okay. Get done tailgating about four, get into the stadium.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that I think. That sounds rough. Oh. Yeah, I think it's I gonna like be I think it's gonna be one of those days where a lot of people are sitting at home, they're having a good time, they're like, Hey, let's go. All we right, got we, gotta- we got tickets tonight. Let's do so this.
1: It's either gonna be what you're saying or people are just gonna be crazy amped. Yeah, because I, I mean it is they're Thursday be drinking night. Since noon. I mean,
2: it is Thanksgiving. <laughs> it is like you could get that sort of uh noisy, you know, like a, a big performance by the crowd.
1: Yeah. Um Brock Purdy, remember last year with a broken rib and busted oblique, went into Seattle and won on a Thursday night. So we've seen this before. It wasn't Thanksgiving. But this was la- remember remember that game last year where the Niners went into Seattle Thursday night? Brock Purdy didn't throw it all during the week like his first throw came in the tunnel before the game started Mm. just to make sure that his body worked and then they went out and and won I think it was 21-13 was the final there it's not great it'd be the first time if the Niners win tomorrow it'll be the first time in franchise history that they've won in Seattle in back to back years wow never done it before
2: it's a hell of a stat Kyle
1: it's insane and like I know that Seattle won a million games in a row between twenty twelve and twenty twenty. Like they, the, Seattle just owned that. I think they were, I think they were like fifteen and two against the Niners in that stretch, or something insane like that. I but. need
2: to look up how to make gumbo so I can
1: like, <laughs> uh,
2: so I can get a gumbo pot going. And, and you know, I think gumbo is one of those things where it's okay to throw whatever you want in it, right? Yeah. So I, I think that like I could dice up some leftover ham throw it mm-hmm. on in there. I could dice up some uh, leftover turkey, throw it on in there. You know, I think you could make a post Thanksgiving gumbo that would be,
1: Oh, you know, you thanks, gotta, gumbo.
2: Yeah. I mean, gumbo It is. it's one of those things where, you know, you need some like a sausage and stuff, but, uh, you know, you got to find okra if you can. Um, but yeah, I, I might be down to make like a big pot of gumbo. Oh, now, now I'm, I'm thinking. As I you say, you're on
1: this now you're tapped in. Yeah, you're, making,
2: you're making gumbo on Friday. What I could do is I could I could put a gumbo on early. Well, I mean, if we're talking about midnight snack gumbo, like what he's talking
1: about, uh, that's a good I point. I could
2: put a gumbo on early tomorrow morning and have it slow cooking all day. And then mm. when when I get home at like seven thirty eight, I could throw in a bunch of the extra meat stuff, let it cook for yeah. another two or three hours, and then we're talking midnight snack gumbo. You're just scarfing gumbo. Now I'm scarfing gumbo. Then I have gumbo all day Friday.
1: That sounds really good.
2: We have an idea here, Kyle.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'll go gumbo, but definitely a post-Thanksgiving soup sounds awesome.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I make an incredible chicken soup, which I could actually uh, cater. We could use turkey instead.
1: Yeah, and for so sure.
2: Maybe I do it. Maybe I do that.
1: All right. Uh, let's pick the Thanksgiving games real quick, and then uh, we'll talk about the Kings' weekend action ahead. The Packers at the Lions. That's your early game, nine thirty a.m. Packers at Lions. Who do I got?
2: Uh, Lions.
1: I'm going no Lions big.
2: Yeah, I'm going Lions big too. I I yeah. just don't think the Packers are very good.
1: The Lions are always like w- a weird Thursday game, but that's because the Lions have always been bad. Oh, and it's always been like, be careful picking against the Lions on Thanksgiving. But this year the Lions are good. No, so, I, I'm down with. Uh, yeah, I, I'm all I'm over taking, the Lions. I'm taking Detroit. Yeah, I didn't even. I should have. I should have done this with the spread, but it's fine. Commanders and Cowboys.
2: Cowboys. I don't think the Commanders are very good.
1: Yeah, the Commanders are sneaky, but they're the Cowboys aren't losing to them. Uh, M- 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 Micah Parsons might have 4 sacks. Like okay. Sam Howell holds the ball for so long and the Cowboys pass rush gets home. So, uh, I think the Cowboys, here's my prediction. I think the Cowboys beat the Commanders so bad that Ron Rivera gets fired. Oh, yeah, that's what I think that's what I think is going to happen on on Thursday. And then 49ers at Seahawks. I'm going to pick the 49ers. Yes, because I think they're better, mm-hmm. but I don't think they cover. The line is up to seven, according to ESPN, ESPN's Joe Fortman. A bunch of money came in on the Niners to push that spread from six and a half to seven. I don't think they win by a touchdown.
2: Okay, I, I'm going to amend my earlier prediction uh, as far as point totals. I'm going to say, I'm going to say
1: 31-17. Jeez. I have. I would be. I would be really surprised if the Niners hung up thirty-one. Hmm. Yeah, that's just a tough place to play, man. And maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just scarred from more than a decade of the Niners just getting their asses kicked every time they went to Seattle, okay. even when they were good. So they 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 got smoked there in 2011, 2012, and twenty thirteen. Mm. And I just I don't. Or maybe it was did they win there in twenty eleven? No, they lost. Did they? No, they lost in 2011. Mm. But either way, they. I'm so I'm so scarred from years of them going up to what is now Lumen Field, and just getting smoked. But I think yeah. they're better. They're the better team for sure. They're a but, lot better, I think, right now. They're especially, just much especially team. If DK Metcalf doesn't play and if Kenneth Walker doesn't play, and he got banged up, Geno Smith. I don't know. I think Pete Carroll will have a little something on defense. That's why I don't think they score 31. But I picked I said twenty four to nineteen, that's that's about what I where I think we land. Okay.
2: All right. Interesting. I think it'll be just a bigger a bigger win.
1: And a quick reminder that you can listen to that Commanders and Cowboys game right here on ESPN 1320 kickoff set for 130. All right. So wait, there's only three games on Thanksgiving? Yes. Oh.
2: I thought right. last year there were four.
1: Mm. It was
2: pretty solid starting at like nine o'clock and going all the way through nine thirty and then boom 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 boom.
1: Maybe I don't I don't totally remember. Yeah. Um, All right. Kings weekend action today at the Pelicans. uh, Friday at Minnesota. Do you consider that game against Minnesota a measuring stick game? It feels like one to me. It feels like an early measuring stick game.
2: I want to see where the Kings are at health-wise.
1: Ah, okay. That's fair.
2: I mean, yeah, maybe. But again, they're going to be missing uh, McDaniels. So, uh, yeah. I I mean, I I would think probably
1: a little bit of a measuring stick game. To me, it's not like if they lose, it's the end of the world. And, oh, my God, they're frauds. But if you keep it – if it's just a tight game where they hang tough with Min- or beat Minnesota, I think that's where you can start – you'll start seeing the top three in the West talk yeah, nationally.
2: I, I also would have liked to have seen Embiid play against Minnesota tonight because I think Minnesota mm-hmm. could be riding in on a little bit of a little little chest-puffed-out stretch.
1: And that's when they get punched in the face. That's right. Yeah. Okay. it's gonna be it's gonna in minnesota's defense legit now worse with with jade mcdaniel's out jade mcdaniel's is a really good defender but uh i'm interested to see how the king's offense does against a very very good defense all right that does it for us uh james thanks so much for for hanging out on a wednesday yeah this is a lot of fun thank you, you got me a bottle of wine i appreciate it uh, tremendously thank you for that uh i can't wait to dive in i will send you a photo when i when i pour a glass whether that's tonight or tomorrow strong chance it happens tonight oh Really strong chance.
2: Are you going to make a little New York sour with that?
1: No, 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 no. I have, I have cheap wine that I make a New York sour with. Come All on. Right. I'm not going to do good stuff in there. Uh, that does it for us. Dilo and KC next. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgivings with your families and your friends. Enjoy your good food. Bye-bye.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.